Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. In an effort to adopt new methods of automation, most manufacturers have embraced robotics as a cost effective and efficient solution, and the results have been great. But just as it takes time to get to know and use the new technology on the line or in the warehouse, it's going to take some time to make the necessary adjustments in your accounting department as well. Tom Sharp, a principal in our Cleveland, Ohio office and plays golf out of Canterbury Golf Club, has worked with a lot of manufacturing companies over the years, and he's seen a lot. Today, he's going to talk about the impact these technological advancements have made, or rather should make, to your method of cost accounting. Welcome on Suitable, Tom. Let me tell you, cost accounting is exciting. It is, okay. And we're, we're, ready, uh, we're ready to go. And, uh, you know, we want to talk about, first of all, you know, being from Cleveland, and uh, obviously heavy, heavy manufacturing, and also Browns country. And give us a sharpism on the Browns for... 2018. Well, the Browns are trying to, they're going to try to manufacture uh, three wins. Last year, they were the preseason champs at, at 4-0 in preseason. They just couldn't manage to win a, a regular game. But, but we're, we're, we're counting on, you know, three to four wins this year. I'm a happy camper. So. Yeah, there you go. You know, I, I uh, did a little research um, within, uh, you know, our firm and I believe we have in excess of 400 manufacturers, fabricators, uh, all different sizes and shapes. And uh, so we're a heavy manufacturing service uh, firm. And you've been doing this for over 40, 40 years. 40 years. <laughs> yeah. I do want to read some of your credentials. It's pretty impressive. We only have 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, th- this will take uh, 15 minutes. Obviously, you're a, a CPA. And you have your accredited in business valuation designation. Uh, you're certified in financial forensics. That's a CFF. And certified valuation analysis, CVA. And MAFF, master analyst in financial forensics. And this last one, you're an SOB. And I'm not sure what that stands for. And you, Is that anything? Oh, that's uh, really special here. I don't want to put that on the radio here. But I will tell you, um, you know, with all those degrees and all that forensic accounting and valuation degrees, 24 years ago, I married a woman with four children, and I never looked at any of the unrecorded liabilities. You never did. Okay, there you go. That's perfect. And I understand you're a singer. Uh, yeah, I could do that. What's your genre? What do you like to sing? Well, my favorite song in the world is uh, Piano Man. Uh, okay. You know, I could, uh, I could do the a lot. Tonic so, and American Jen. Pie, if you have American eight pie. minutes. We could, yeah, we do. Know, we, so. Well, wait, we got a little dead time. Yeah, that's so, a good one. Good. But, Seriously, do you sing American Pie? Yeah. Do you? You want to you give us a go here? Can you sing a, a little long, bit? long time ago, I could still remember how cost accounting used to make me smile. All right. <laughs> yeah. We should get down bye to bye, Miss American Pie. You got it. Okay, there we go. That starts off. So, let's talk about right away. Um, you know the robotics and how things have changed in the manufacturing world, especially uh, you know measuring your standard cost regarding you know labor. Well, yeah, that's interesting because cost accounting is very complicated. You know, even us as CPAs, we get into a manufacturing company. We try to sit there and try to investigate their cost accounting because how do they know how how do, how much does something cost them to make? 
Well, a lot of companies have been using the same cost system for 40 years. And manufacturing has certainly changed in the last you know, last three decades. But they're using the same methodology to cost their product, at least from an accounting standpoint. And so as you look, I mean, the most common methodology of, of, of allocating overhead costs, for example, is direct labor. Well, 20 years ago, how many direct labor hours did it take to make, you know, a, you know, an axle in a, in a, in a car or, or a steering wheel or any part of that? Okay, now today with robotics and such, you might have a guy that's loading the machine or a guy that's unloading the machine, and half the time that's going to be uh, done in robotics. So when they're looking at uh, allocation of overhead, a lot of times you're looking at allocations of overhead that might be 25, 30, 40 times labor. And those those rates just, they don't make sense. Yeah, they're outdated. No. And and the accounting system has not kept up to date. So, so it could be it's thrown off uh, bad information to the decision makers. Yeah. I mean, you know, the guy on the line goes, takes a bathroom break, and all of a sudden you got an overhead allocation of, of you know, 2500 bucks. You know, when we start talking about cost accounting, you know, immediately for, you know, my thought is that's that's reserved for very large, very complicated manufacturers. Uh, what do you think about that? Is it is there room for it in in the one million, two million, ten million dollar company? Absolutely. In fact, sometimes it's more important for the smaller companies than it is for for the larger companies. Obviously, larger companies have more people, they have more accounting data, they have more ability to analyze, they have more engineers on staff, they have much better methodology. They're competing in a much larger environment than a lot of the smaller companies. The smaller companies on the other side of the coin might be more short-run processors. They're, they're not dealing with, with a, a part that's going to last, uh, you know, two months on a machine. And they might be running it for a week. They might be running it for two weeks. And, and you know, when it comes to cost accounting, you got to get in the cost of tooling and the cost of, of, of reset up your, your machine and how much downtime you're going to have, what your production time is, and, 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 and your run rates. Is this going to help my bottom line if I switch? If or pay you, more attention? Well, what it might do is help you make decisions on which, which parts you want to make and which ones you might not want. A lot of times, if you look at it, people have been running the same parts for, you know, for, for years. And all of a sudden, they look, and everybody knows what the material cost is. They weigh it. They know what their scrap rate is. They kind of look at it and try to figure out how much machine time it runs on because most manufacturers look at machine time and try to figure out about how much it's going to take and they use a, a rate and then they calculate it out and they throw the price out there and all of a sudden they find out that, you know what, they got to cut, cut their price a third to get the job. Well, they do because they need the job or they're, you know, it's a great customer. They're running other parts or pieces with it and lo and behold, they, they start running the job and all of a sudden they look, they're not even covering, you know, their the overhead cost, right. Right, right. So it so it could uh, you could have a situation where you're running a specific part or piece at a loss and not know it. Absolutely. Or making a decision to uh, pass along a discount to to a good uh, customer, and you probably couldn't afford to do that. Yes. In fact, more recently, I mean, the manufacturing industry, um, really uh, nationally, in Ohio, is is doing very well right now. You know, machine time is actually at a premium. So I think it's important that. Uh, clients and customers that, that are manufacturers are looking at their jobs to see, you know, what jobs, you know, should we really be doing? Because in all honesty, you, you got machine time, you got wear and tear, you got overhead that's going to be allocated to each of these jobs. And if you're turning down work, you should be making sure to hang on to the more profitable pieces. Right. And so, you know, that leads to the next question, you know, with your experience in the uh, manufacturing area, and I know you study 
uh, manufacturing on an ongoing basis. Uh, we're making strides, manufacturing on the increase in the uh, state of Ohio? Absolutely. Midwest? You know, I don't have a manufacturing client right now that isn't making money. So, I mean, manufacturing is doing very well. Government's been very helpful with uh, adding additional depreciation deductions, encouraging people to go out and buy equipment. Uh, they're upgrading their equipment, better equipment. The you know, Unfortunately, the jobs where a guy could come out of high school and, and just work on a shop floor and just do a manual job, loading a machine, such that those jobs, you know, are no longer existence. But the job for the for the for the young man or young lady that could come in and learn how to program a CNC machine, that could lay out a machine and teach the machine how it's supposed to work, are are really where the manufacturing jobs are today. And understanding not only how the part's made, but the most efficient way to make a part. If you could cut time, machine time, off the, off the production of a part, you're going to save money because you could run more, more parts through that particular machine. And, you know, a lot of that's run in most uh, companies by uh, engineers. Uh, but, you know, I could tell you my father was a, a tool and die man, and, you know, he was a self-taught engineer. And, I, I, you know, I, I know my way around the shop. I've been around. I love manufacturing clients. And it's, it's always interesting. These people are constantly doing research and development. Uh, there's research and development tax credits are, that are very applicable to, um, to manufacturers. And it all revolves, again, on understanding your costs. You know, I'd love to, you know, follow you around as you take a tour of a manufacturing plant. And I bet with your experience and background, you can spot a couple things within an hour or less. You can, I think. What, brag a little bit. I know uh, you can. No, we're going to brag, but but you no differently than you know you probably can walk an inventory and you could look at it and you could see you know approximately what a few different pieces parts do and you walk around and you could pretty well you know approximate in your head how much money in inventory they have. You can see you know what's moving, what's not moving, and how efficient they are. Where do they store their product? Do they have to store their product inside or do they have to store their product outside? You know, do they have to coat it? Do they have to put rust prohibitors on it? You know, do they have to go and send it out? Is there, are there other, you know, they got to anodize it. Do they have to do other processes? You know, heat treat. You know, some of those things could be done in-house. Some of those things can be uh, uh, done internally. But when you start looking at it, and if you get enough production, you could bring some of those kind of processes inside your plan. Not only do you save the cost of what you would pay a heat treater, but you also save the transportation charges, sending it out, coming it back here, and, and with all the... Uh, the quality standards that are out there right now, you got to be responsible to maintain those quality standards. You have a better control on it. You have a better control on your scrap. And you, overall, you, the timing, you you could save, you know, a week or so in the production cost. Sure. Tom, I want to follow up on something you said uh, a few minutes ago about, uh, you know, tax credits and, and, and tax attributes that are available uh, for manufacturers. Uh, under the new uh, tax... Uh, uh, changes that uh, are in place are going to be in place in the, in the next few years. Manufacturing industry is a winner. Absolutely, winner. absolutely. And uh, where do you attribute that to? Is that the manufacturer, the the equipment write offs and and the like? Yeah, the the you know with with especially in the last tax uh, act that was just recently enacted, you can have you know increase in section one seventy nine uh, immediate write offs, the bonus depreciation. Boy, you know if you go out and and buy a machine for half a million dollars, and you could take it right off your your income as a tax bill. That's a significant tax saving. But and you're giving more. away free advice here now. Come on, there. Okay, I'll you pull know, it back. You pull it back. Yeah. 
No, that's uh, but that's a good point. I mean, there's the, speak to your Ray tax professionals, especially our tax department. There you they go. They specialize in R and D credits. There, you, there's a good uh, commercial. But uh, let's uh, let's jump in the weeds a, a, a little bit. Uh, get a little technical. You know, I'll try to try to go uh, to your uh, side of the uh, aisle here. But uh, let's talk about fixed and variable overhead. And again, just give us a quick overview. You know, what's the difference between fixed and variable overhead, and how is it allocated? Thanks, Dave. And nothing really excites me more than fixed and, and variable overhead. I can tell you're excited. I, I here on your you. feet. Fixed, you know? fixed, fixed overhead, okay, is your house, okay? It's, it's your, 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 the facility, your car, um, you know, the golf cart you have in the backyard, uh, your riding lawnmower. Uh, variable is what it costs you to have somebody cut your grass, what it's going to cost you to pay your wife to go out and get grocery shores, and and how much you use it, the gasoline used in the car. So fixed costs are generally costs that are uh, spent off, off, off the bat. Whether you're running or not running, there's not going to be any variance in it. Your rent. Rent is the, the easiest example of it. But in manufacturing, there's a lot of those. Variable costs. Variable costs are, are, are easy to explain, too, is that if you're driving a car, your variable cost is your gasoline. Gasoline is going to be directly proportional to the amount that you're driving your car. The question is, is that you can't put things in just buckets of fixed and variable because there are things, there are, there are variable costs that have some portion of it fixed. For example, okay, we're getting paid today. Whether we're out playing golf or whether we're doing this or whether we're working for a client, okay, those are, those are three different areas of, of levels of productivity, okay? Our salaries or our wages or the wages that are paid to individuals, generally speaking, are variable cost. But if you've got John who's working on the shop floor and John is working on two machines or working on four machines, some portion of John's compensation could be considered to be a fixed cost. So there is some variation. Um, that's why, you know, when I, we talked a little earlier is that, you know, very common practice in, in allocation of overhead is direct labor. Direct labor, I, I, I could tell you the majority of my manufacturing clients still use direct labor. They don't want to change it to machine hours to, to any other forms because, A, they have to start rethinking. And it forces them to, to, to step back and try to look at and say, wow, you know, why do I want to do that? The accounting department, you know, accountants love to change so much all the time. So trying to get somebody to reallocate their methodology of costing things, you know, it's, it's like moving a building. So, but on the other side of the coin is that things have changed. We're going to continue to advance and the technology that's out there internally in the accounting department. And even just with simple Excel worksheets, you know, can enable you to do it with, with a little bit more ease than that. Uh, what year did American Pie come out? Boy, Don McLean, One Hit Wonder, I, 1974. Bixler will check that out. Our, our staff that. will fix that I'm out. Guessing. Drove the Chevy to the levee. He'll get back to us here shortly. Right. Check that out. Get back to us, Bixler. It was a long, long time ago. So in your uh, consultation uh, that you do with, uh, with clients, do you work with them to, you know, format or set up their you know, financial statements or flash reports and specialized reports to, to begin to capture some of the, you know, the fixed and the variable and the direct labor? Yeah, we do. But the first thing you need to do is you need to make sure that your accountants have a good understanding of what the company does. 
you have to understand the you have to understand the manufacturing process because you take you don't take a cost accounting system and try to overlay your manufacturing system on it. The the client the cust the, the our clients have a manufacturing system. Okay, we're CPAs, not manufacturers. They're going to manufacture their product, trust me, as efficiently as you can. What we need to do as CPAs is understand how they, they manufacture their client. And they, we need to look at our cost accounting system to make sure that our cost, cost accounting system is capturing the cost that might be most effective right. to them. Right. So it goes uh, well and beyond just the external financial reporting. So are you an auditor by trade? I, I see you've got business valuation, you've got forensics, but you've got that look of an auditor in your eye. Like, I mean, I can break that down. I can find anything no, you're, you're, in your system. You're not looking in my eyes. No? Uh, I, uh, I'm, I, I normally I'm, don't look yeah. in, in your <laughs> yeah, eyes, yeah, by the way. Right. Just... Just for information. No, I, I mean, audits don't excite me. You know, I, I, I love the tax aspect of it. I like to do a lot of consulting, a lot of management planning. I, I like being able to uh, do things for our clients that actually can move the needle. I think our best return for a client is to be able to, you know, find them a methodology to save cash. And 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 do you know have a better operation of production? If you can if you can look at somebody's cost uh, accounting system and you realize where they're you know they, maybe they have an overabundance of inventory sitting on the floor. If you could if you could take one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of cash out of somebody's inventory, that excites a client. You know you realize in less than fifteen minutes you've given six tremendous tips to improve the bottom line and efficiencies of your business. Was American buy one of them? No, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the fun part okay. of the equation. That, uh, but anyway, you've, got, uh, you've had several things that you've uh, brought up today that I think are, are truly planning ideas that, that puts more cash into the, into the bucket. That allows uh, for benefits and et cetera. So well, well done on that front. You know, you'd mentioned you know, job costing is maybe not for everyone. Specific job costing is is maybe not right for, for all businesses. Let's dive into that. Talk about specific job costing, if you can, for, for a minute. Job, co they're, they're, job costing, well, the, the most common area that you're going to see job costing, honestly, is going to be on a construction job. It's okay. the simplest way to explain it. You know, some of your, 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 a gentleman's building a house or lady, they're building a house. They have a, a, a job cost jacket for everything that they do as far as to construction a house. And they have their way of, of costing that. Manufacturing, uh, if you're a manufacturer that does a lot of custom manufactured work, you know, you need to track your costs specifically to the job that you're serving. Because at the beginning of the job, you're going to go out and you're going to estimate that job. You're going to estimate how many hours it's going to be, how many machine hours, how much you think it's going to cost. Wouldn't it be nice at the end of the job to know whether you made any money or not? And if you don't have a good cost accounting system, you don't know that. And if you don't pay attention to it, you did it the first time, the guy needs another one a year and a half from now. So what do you think you're going to do? What did, he, what, you, what did I charge you last year? You're going to go back, you're going to look at that jack and you say, okay, you know, prices went up maybe 5%, 10%. Just give them the price, 5 10%. What if you lost money on that job? You didn't know it. You might have just, uh, you know, taken on another job that maybe you're going to lose money again. So if you don't know what your costs are, you know, it could actually turn up to hurt you. And the other side of the coin is it might be that, you you know, you came up with some hugely efficient way to, you know, 
you know, make the product or, or there's some cost efficiency in the savings. And maybe, you know what, you could give it to the guy for the same price and make you, you know, and make, keep him happy and still make a lot of money. You know, I think you just challenged our listeners to find out what products, how they're uh, making money on each product. Sounds simple, but it's not that simple. And if I were to ask you, look, I want to overhaul or analyze my accounting system to try to begin to capture all that stuff. That's not an easy process. What would you recommend if I ask you that question? How long would that take? It depends based on the size. What I would tell you this, contact us this time of year. If you, you know, this, this time of year, our, our business is, 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 is a little slower than it normally is, even though we're always busy throughout the year. But this is a good time, summertime, fall. It's a great time to step back and, and, and do a project like that. You know, at Ray, we can work with you on, on, on pricing because it's not our prime time. If you come and you ask us in the middle of uh, uh, February to do it, you know, we'll tough. do it. We'll carve out the time because we'll, we'll do whatever we need to do to complete our cars. But it's really not efficient for yeah. our clients and us. Yeah. You know, maybe this is an unfair question, but we've been known to ask unfair questions on unsuitable from time to time. But we have a lot of clients, uh, and, and it's in industry-wide, that use QuickBooks as their accounting system. And they try to do some inventory and they try to do some things. As we get a little more complex with, with our cost and allocation of cost is... Is that the right platform? Well, again, unfair yeah, question, right. but unfair. this is, uh, I need, I, you know, that's a one we get. I, you know, the, the problem with QuickBooks is it's not in how the, it's, it, QuickBooks works for, as an accounting system. It's how it's set up. As a cost accountant, you need to spend the time to figure out what buckets do you want to capture in your expense account. If everything just goes into cost of goods sold, then you know, you're, you're going to sort out a mess. But if you know what are the key factors or the key items that are most important to your business, those are the costs that you need to segregate, no differently than time. Right. You know, payroll is, is, a, is a significant cost of any, any particular job. Do you just put everything into, you know, direct payroll? Or do you take your payroll and you try to break it out into, into various levels of processing? Yeah. Do you care if the shipping guy, his wages goes in the same wages as the guy that's running the CNC machine? If that doesn't mean anything to you. A lot of times QuickBooks users are going to sit there and they're just going to put it all in because it's simple. So the answer to that, and I, and, I, and I like the direction you went with that, is you know, QuickBooks may be the right platform, but you got to set it up correctly, just like any other piece of software. And sometimes with QuickBooks, you're you're rushing to get that in, and it's not set up properly. It's the last thing that happens. You get your business going, uh, they get moving, and they and they and then they come to you, Dave, and sit there and says, you know, what's this chart of accounts? Yeah. Well, QuickBooks has one, and that's the one they use. Go for it. Okay. So, uh, in a few minutes we have left, Tom, can you can you close with a one of your famous sharfisms? You have oh. one for us, <laughs> or do we just want to sing, sing all the way out? No, I I, I have plenty of sharfisms. Now, you know there there there's a there's a, a couple things. First of all, you know for all of us tax preparers, I just want to let you know that pigs squeak by and hogs get slaughtered. There you go. To that extent, when you start looking at expenses and everything, okay, we don't want to screw flies. So you need to make sure you don't want to sort fly shit from pepper. So too many times as accountants, we love detail. We want to make sure everything balances, you know, look at the things that are important. Okay. 
some of the things that are not so important, as my dad told me once ago, he says, you know what? You got to let it go, son. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I'd, I'd like to hire you as my C CPA. I get singing. I get expert advice on manufacturing uh, and cost control. And I get these sharfisms. Maybe even golf. And golf. You're plug and play. You're on my list to call. Our guest today has been Tom Scharf from Ray & Associates in Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Uh, wonderful uh, presentation. Uh, we're still waiting on uh, Bixler on the date of American Pie, 1971. You're like, yes, 1971. So you were- Plus or minus four, three okay. years. We're rounding. Yeah. You're, you're good. We'll give it to you. Don't want to screw flies. I think the primary takeaway from our conversation today is if you haven't had to take a look uh, at the way you're costing your labor lately or your accounting system, now's the time. Give Tom a buzz. Listeners, speaking of time, thanks for putting aside your time to listen to today's episode. Very much appreciated. If you want to learn more about cost accounting, you can reach out to Tom or your Ray advisor, or you can email us at raycpa.com or give us a buzz, and we'll connect you with someone in your area. In the meantime, if you enjoyed today's episode, let us know, like it, comment, or share it. And don't forget to check out videos of our podcast on YouTube. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box and drive the Chevy to the levee. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray & Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.